This video podcast is sponsored by Cage List. Cage List is like the Airbnb of backyard batting cages. If you have a cage, list it for free with Cage List and earn some extra dough. If you need a cage, no sweat. Search Cage List and see what's available in your area to rent. Their network of quality, convenient, and affordable batting cages is growing every day. It's simple to use and free to join. Go to cagelist.com to get started now. Today's guest, Denny Brady. What's going on, man? How are you? Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. He is a six foot one, 200 pound right handed pitcher in the Los, An- uh, Los Angeles Angels organization. He's at Denny Brady underscore 83 on Instagram if you want to check him out. Quick question What's the 83 for? I actually do got a little story behind that. Um, Figured. I think I was about 10 years old, and I was over at my grandfather's house, and I asked him, I was like, hey, pop up, how old are you? He gave me 83. So later on that day, you know, that's the most important thing on my mind right now. I'm like, mom, guess what? Pop up told me he's 83 today. She looked at me, and she's like, he's 85. <laughs> and I don't know why that's always stuck with me. So after he passed away, it's, that's been my lucky number ever since. Oh, that's cool. That's a really cool story. I was I was hoping you had a good story behind it. Um, I knew it wasn't your birthday because you're not that old. Um, and I was hoping that it wasn't your velocity. Your <laughs> professional pitcher. What is your what is your velocity at? What what's the fastest you've thrown the best baseball? Fastest is uh ninety six. I'm normally about two to four. Wow, very nice. And if you could explain your philosophy on velocity development over the years, so like when you maybe from high school until now, like what has been the biggest thing that's given you the most increase in velocity or the most gains or what you're doing, what you focus on when it comes to that? Well, I think it all starts in the weight room. And that's where uh, a lot of guys are a little behind. Seems like they think, let's start with velocity and then add the weights. But I feel like you shouldn't be trying to throw a baseball as hard as you can if you're not strong, stable, mobile, et cetera. So I think that should be the first focus in a velocity program. And then look at mechanics before you, you know, eventually start a throwing program build up. Let me ask you this. How mm-hmm. much does that hair come into play for velocity? <laughs> that thing is sweet, man. That hair is sweet. Oh, thank you. It uh, definitely gave me a couple. I definitely wasn't throwing 96 before I had it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, there's some mile per hour in that for sure. No doubt. No. Let, me, let me ask you this. What pitches do you throw? How do you grip them? And what are you trying to get the ball to do when you're doing it? Okay, I got a baseball here. I'll start with my four seam. It's very simple. I'm uh, So the camera can see it. I'm right on top of the seams here, fingertips, thumb directly underneath. And my whole purpose here is just to let that ball smoothly fly out of my hand, creating a a good spin rate. So I'm just trying to really pull down on those seams when I throw the ball. Loose grip, should be able to take it right out of my hand. Then the changeup is kind of the polar opposite. That's more deep in my hand. I'm holding the, the bottom of the horseshoe here. And my whole purpose here is to feel this seam pull on my middle finger. And I'm trying to create almost like a, a UFO type of spin. Um, I'd say my, uh, my key for the changeup is arm speed, though. Like, the spin could be great, but if I'm pushing it or something just looks funny, then, you know, the hitter is going to know right away. And then a changeup's no longer a changeup. He knows it's coming. So I got that. And then I got a, a slurvy curveball type of pitch. I kind of have a generic curveball grip, maybe a little bit higher up on the horseshoe. And I just pull down on that hard, similar to the fastball where I'm feeling the seam come off. 
right here. I'm pulling down on this seam, trying to create what looks like four seam spin and just a little bit slurvier. And I have an evolving slider cutter, not really sure what it's going to be yet. And offset four seam. I'm working all the way down the seam, trying to find out what's comfortable and more importantly, what works because I haven't found that yet. Now I got a question for you on your four seam that you showed and on your cutter slider that you showed, one of them had your pointer finger next to the closed part of the horseshoe and the yep. other one had the, uh, the, when you've preset it, you had it to the open side. Does that matter for you or is it just how you grab the ball? So I feel more comfortable grabbing the four seam with the horseshoe on the middle finger side. And the only reason I flip it around for the other is I just don't like the feeling of it feeling like a four seam, you know, because if I, if I'm going to throw my cutter offset, how I really throw my four seam, it's, it's just going to feel like a fastball. So I'm trying to just get a different feel, kind of have that horseshoe here as kind of like a back for my uh, middle finger. And I get more of a, a pull there than I would if I were to be doing the same. Yeah. So, so it's, it's God. Are you trying to come straight through and down like this on that one? Is there any, like, you're not trying to get on top or get around. You're coming straight down and through and kind of, like, cutting through the ball with that one? Yeah, yeah, especially with the slider. When, I'm, uh, when I get more deep into the horseshoe here, I try to really feel middle finger and my thumb. And my whole, like, idea is pulling down on the ball, trying to create that spin. The cutter's a little bit different. I'm, I'm just simply trying Mariano Rivera's pitch grip and method I don't really know how he does it as it works for me yet but I'm trying to throw fastball 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 last second just turn a little bit and create a little bit of spin what's your best pitch um I would say my fastball and then what do you try to what are you trying to accomplish when you're throwing the fastball are you are you overhand a little bit lower arm angle what kind of movement do you get on your fastball I'm more overhand and uh, my fastball is a lot of ride to it I would try to minimize any movement besides ride so that's, again, why I have the small grip, thumb underneath, fingers right on top. It's trying to create that, you know, perfect spin rate. Very nice. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your baseball journey, like where you started, when you started playing, how old were you, and kind of your journey all the way from then until now, like through the whole draft experience and all that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I started as a three-year-old in the backyard with a wiffle ball bat and a, and a beach ball with my dad. But um. I think eight years old was my first little league team and I played little league until the age of 10. And then it was just travel ball from there on until high school. And when I got to high school, I was pretty much a hitter who could, you know, throw the ball. So they threw me on the mound, but hitting was my thing. But as soon as you hit that first 90 in high school, you're no longer a hitter. <laughs> P.O. baby. You're marked a pitcher at that point. But I, I loved hitting. I tried to keep that dream alive. I went to uh, my four-year college as a two-way. That lasted one at bat. <laughs> had one up at drew a walk and then I was a PO from there on out um I ended up leaving there went to a junior college Mercer County College where I got drafted out of I uh saw the writing on the wall decided to be a PO there so I pitched there developed my game a little bit more now in pro ball it's a completely different game as I'm sure you're aware the hitters are better you know your a fastball with a little bit of sink isn't going to do the same thing as a fastball would ride so the, the game has completely changed. I'm working on spin right now instead of just throwing as hard as I can, you know, et cetera. So that's, in a nutshell, the journey. How was it when you got the call on draft day? Like, take us through that experience, what you were feeling, what you were thinking, 
where you were like take us through that because that's every every kid's childhood dream obviously is to get into pro baseball and make it to the big leagues but take us through at least your draft experience so far yeah so uh obviously like you said it's a dream come true i uh i was playing an entire year at mercer county with no other reason but to get drafted so um yeah, it was a dream come true, but the side people don't see is uh, the nerve-wracking part, and I'll tell you what, it was a nerve-wracking day. I was, uh, I was getting calls all day, thought I would get picked here, get picked there, waiting for my name to pop up, and it just seemed like it never was. I was outside pacing around. <laughs> yeah, I was nervous, Rick. Well, so, what were you slotting? Uh, were you slot? Did you have a slot? Like, did you have an advisor? Uh, did he to like tell you where you were slotted, or use a, use a, thought you were getting drafted at some point? I think it was Baseball America that had me four to eight. So I, I knew I was going to be within that range. But again, like all those calls from the local area scouts that are actually pulling for you and believe you're going to get drafted, they right. they convinced me I was going earlier. So you know, as you see the. The draft just slowly, slowly go on, and your name hasn't been called yet. Your stomach just keeps dropping. Oh, uh, yeah. What a relief it was when I finally had my name called. <laughs> that's, a, that's the worst feeling. Same thing happened to me. I was slotted five to seven, and then I, I didn't get drafted. I got drafted in the eighth. But, like, every pick after the last and the seventh, you're like, what the – did they forget about me? What's going <laughs> yeah. on? Like, God. <laughs> so, that's so funny yeah. that you say that. Um, what uh, struggles – did you have in life or in baseball that you had to overcome to make it to where you are now? Is there anything big that stands out to you that? Yeah, I would say my four year, my year at East Carolina was definitely a bit of a struggle for me. Um, first of all, baseball was hitting and pitching up until that point. So after my one at bat, when they took the bat away it, for a little bit there, it felt like it wasn't the same game. So there was that. And me and the pitching coach had, like polar opposites, like ideas, pitching philosophies. So while I was there, I was trying to evolve myself as a pitcher while appeasing him as a pitching coach. So, you know, a lot of bumping heads and the internal struggle of should I do what I feels right or should I do what he feels right? So that, that whole year there was just trying to figure out what it is that I was trying to do. So after then, leaving to go to Mercer County, probably the best baseball decision I ever made because I definitely found the type of pitcher I want to be, and I've met some great people along the way. That's really cool, and it's funny you say that because I think that and in baseball, we have a lot of different coaches. A lot of times they're going to tell us different things. Yeah, It's our job, and I wish I would have learned this earlier, but it's our job as pitchers or, or baseball players in general to listen to everyone telling us different things, take what we feel is working best and build ourselves as a pitcher. Cause at the end of the day, we're the guy on the mound, not mm -hmm. your coach from last year, not your coach from the year before. We're probably going to have a hundred different coaches. Um, you know, not nope, mom, nope. Not dad. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah, building your own philosophy is, is huge when it comes to being a baseball player. And, and uh, it sounds like you did a, a great job at doing that. And it's a struggle because, like mm -hmm. you said, you know, it's especially when you got a coach that's on the opposite end of things, it can be tough because, you know, uh, trying to change different little things when you know for, uh, for a fact that it's probably not going to be the best thing for you. Yep. Definitely a tough thing to go through. Definitely a good lesson learned, though. Now I know can't appease everyone. If you're going to have, like you said, about 100 different coaches, like they're not all going to be saying the same thing. You're not going to be able to do what every single one of them is saying. So good lesson learned for sure. 
That's so true. Let me ask you this. Who were some of your role models growing up, whether it be athletes or people in your circle? Um, and what was some of the motivation you had to like get to pro ball and become where you're at? Yeah. So the first ones that come to my mind, obviously, are my parents. Like I, I want to be here, obviously, if it wasn't for them. So they come to my mind. They introduce baseball to me. I want to be playing this game. If they didn't, you know, introduce it to me first. Um, grandfather as well. Same thing. At great role model. He, um, he was a huge Philly fan growing up. I remember watching all the games with him. Well, that will bring me to a, a baseball player role model, Roy Halladay. I remember growing up watching him. I mean, to this day, I still – I mimic a lot of what he does. remember I was probably 12 years old trying to copy his pitching mechanics, trying to throw his cutter, his curveball, his changeup. And probably the most obvious one is Mike Trout because he, uh, he grew up 10 minutes down the road from me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. If, uh, if you look at it, it seems like I'm trying to copy everything he's doing. He committed to the same school I went to. We're both in the Angels organization. Now, uh, my next goal would be to make him my teammate. But oh, still that would be cool. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, that would be cool. That uh, will be cool. Um, that brings me to my next question. What do you see in your future? Like, what do you see in the next, uh, you know, year, three years, five years, ten years down the road? What do you see? Well, hopefully uh, Mike Trout in the outfield would be nice. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's say baseball doesn't work out. I would probably want to get into the strength conditioning field. Um, if it ends earlier rather than later, maybe uh, go back to school to become a PT. Um, I definitely met some really smart people along the way, and I've created a passion for uh, the weightlifting side of baseball as well as, you know, the actual game. So even if baseball didn't work out, I know there's something I still love to do that I would be able to do. A lot of people I can work under, learn from. So that's really cool. What is your philosophy in the gym right now as far as baseball is related or pitching, I guess, in specific? Um, like, how, what are you doing now in the gym to uh, try to get to, to where you see yourself? Yeah, so I'm, um, I'm lifting four times a week, um, all full body, because I don't really have a ton of weight to pick up. So I'm more than anything, I'm working on moving well. The last, what? six months I've been working on getting really strong so I feel like that shouldn't be my focus right now I'm working on good movement patterns feeling good getting quicker um yeah same thing with throwing like obviously I I don't got anywhere but my backyard to throw right now in New Jersey so I'm working on mechanical stuff moving well pitch design trying to get that slider to slider cutter to cut whatever comes first that's awesome. That's, that's a great way to look at it. And I think that's huge too. And I, I did a terrible job at that as a pitcher when I was playing, I was always, I, I always felt very explosive and I was very strong in the gym, but because I was good at it, I did it a lot. And yeah. I think if I would have focused more on like what you're talking about movement and a little more mobility and working on, on stuff like that, I think that could have played a huge role in, in my success in baseball. Um, that's really, that's really awesome that you've understood that early on. And it seems like you really do have a passion for the, the weightlifting side of it and the strength and conditioning mm -hmm. and the training side, which is awesome because if you can be someone else's coach, you're going to be able to coach yourself and learn from yourself. Um, mm -hmm. It's funny. You, we t we're talking about that because when I was playing, I didn't, I wasn't a student of the game as much as I am as a coach now. So, like, I've learned a lot more since I started coaching than I did when I was playing. So, it's really cool that you have that angle to where you can have the best of both worlds uh, in what you're trying to do. That's awesome. Yeah, it's all about the people around you. You know, I met some great people, and 
I don't think I would have had the passion or the knowledge that I do if I didn't meet these people. Where can, speaking of people, where can other people who don't know uh, you or just seen you for the first time, where can they follow you at? Where can they find you at? Well, I'm not a huge social media guy. So uh, Instagram is probably the, the best place to find me. I go on there maybe every other day, and that's Denny Brady underscore 83. I do have a Twitter. Don't know the handle. Haven't been on it in about <laughs> six months. So, I mean, if someone really wanted to find me there, they could, but I'm probably not going to be on there for another month or so. No TikTok? That hair is that hair is made for TikTok, man. <laughs> no, but uh, my girlfriend just made one. If you want to check her out, it's. <laughs> I don't uh, think you want to put that out there. Yeah, true. Well, I, <laughs> I'm, all I'm, these in most, I'm in most of them, so. Oh. Okay. I feel <laughs> <laughs> uh, her her uh, TikTok's gonna get flooded with uh, high school baseball players. <laughs> Yeah, you probably want it like that. <laughs> well, Denny, thank you so much uh, for your time and joining us. Uh, we're going to be keeping an eye on you. Uh, again, it's um, Denny Brady underscore 83 on Instagram. You can check him out. And uh, best of luck in the future. And if there's anything that uh, I, I can do to help you in, on your path to the big leagues and teammates with uh, Mr. Trout, please let <laughs> me know. Um, again, I Thanks. appreciate it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. No problem, man.